All right, everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. I'm Josh, a freelance entertainment journalist, and I'm joined, as always, every week by my co-host, Cassie. Hi. Hi. How are you, Joshua? Wow. Uh, great to be here. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, I oh, you sound a little different this week. Is everything okay? <laughs> I think it, it must be the allergies. It must be allergy season. Yeah, I get it. That Milwaukee weather. How's that treating you? <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's pretty what you would expect for June. Yeah, well, that's that's typical. Uh, great, and uh, the sound of metal. What is going on with that? I thought it was a work of art. Is what I was. I think I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head who won the Academy Award over Sound of Metal, but I kind of wish they had received it. Yes, but what is the Sound of Metal? What is the sound of metal? You know, I never thought too deeply into that. I just thought it was a cool thing because it's about losing the ability to hear sound and he's a metalhead. And that's as, that was as satisfied as I needed to be. What is the sound of metal? I don't know. We'll get into that after these messages. We'll be right back. You have messages? That's, that's our pre-show chatter. That's, oh, okay. That was a joke. All right, and we're back live talking about The Sound of Metal. We're joined by uh, Cassie. Okay, well, not really. That was a joke. Uh, guys, if you caught her last uh, major announcement, Cassie is no longer with us. She's not, she's not dead. She's no longer <laughs> with the show. That's an important distinction. No longer with us. She is living. I assure you of that. And uh, we'll be joined this week by Phoebe Ling, you guys. Hi. Uh, we were talking about The Sound of Metal. It's a great movie. You think it's a work of art. I do, too. It didn't win Best Actor or Director, but it could have won any of those accolades. What did you think? Oh, I think that the performances were phenomenal. Riz Ahmed had me... British guy. What's that? He's a British guy. Riz Ahmed is British. And he is also a rapper, and mm -hmm. he made his big splash on, I think it was, oh my gosh, it was either Showtime or HBO, but it was called The Night Of, where he plays this unsuspecting, wonderful man who is raised by Indian parents and is at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it just gets wildly out of control. It's a terrifying show, and it was his breakout role, and he's brilliant, and he is no less brilliant in The Sound of Metal. His performance is just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, he, he disappeared into the role. Uh, plus, it helped that I hadn't seen him before. But, I mean, I totally believed him as a rock and roll drummer. Totally. No accent. I mean, no hint of an accent, too. Like, he's mm -hmm. really nailed. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how, how hard that is to do. I suspect it's a challenge for those from the land beyond. Okay, and the very beginning, did you like the band? Did you want to hear more of the band? No, but I thought that they were good for what they were. Yeah. And I mean, I, I appreciated all of his t-shirts of like all of these amazingly edgy, forward, pioneering bands like Einstein's and New Bowton was one of his t-shirts. So I, I could see that they were like a progressive metal band, but I would not listen to it personally. But I believed that it was cool. 
Yeah, well, they were definitely on the edge of something, and uh, he had this, uh, him and his girlfriend, when they were laying in bed together, you could, uh, oh, and actually, he was drumming with his shirt off, too, so you could see it, and uh, he had a tattoo on, I think it said, kill me, right, or please kill me, something like that? Yes, it did. That was intense. That's the guy, please kill me. So, yeah, the, they're on a tour, they're having a great time, just on like a wild adventure together, touring places they haven't been before, blonde girl in Riz Ahmed, and then all of a sudden, he loses his hearing in the middle of a show and freaks out and goes outside and he just can't hear her anymore. And it's absolutely baffling. Yeah. What did you think of that twist at the beginning? I thought it was incredible. I think he lost his hearing before the show and he hadn't said anything. Like he didn't want to speak right. it into being. Yeah. And then it was during the show that he was realizing he was not following anything. And then he stormed out and he told his love Lou. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, devastating. You really go on this journey with him. I really felt like I lost my hearing. I really felt the loss of his livelihood. It's like it just mm -hmm. goes out of control super fast. Yeah, like and they're, and they're on that tour bus and she starts telling him, oh, I'm going to take you to this place to get some help. Right. And then at some point, I can't remember his freak out moment. Is that after they get to the place or is that before they get to the place? Before. Yeah, it is before. In fact, it was his freakout moment that made her put her foot down and say, you're going to this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was in total denial before that. He kept saying, no, we can still do the tour. We can still do the tour. He's like, I'll just follow along. Mm -hmm. He's like, I know how to do this. You know, mm -hmm. I can look at you. You give me the, you yeah. know, the, yeah. Yeah. And she was crying. Uh, she had a really great performance, too. I mean, brief, but, you know, you really believed her. She was just was right into it. Yeah. And that unsustained rage is kicking everything, breaking everything. His girlfriend was screaming at him. You couldn't hear her, of course. And you just. Right. I mean, you could start to blame her. her. Yeah. You, you could you could identify with her heartbreak and her him not being able to hear her. Yeah. And then. But at the same time, her feeling so far away from him because she felt removed from the world he was in, right. from the world, um, the yeah. sound that is, the sound yeah, of metal. Like they were clearly deeply in love and living together in an RV. So they're very tight. They're musicians. So when he loses his hearing, you feel that dynamic shift on their, like what they're doing for a living, how they live together. Immediately, like their ritual in the morning was to dance and listen to music. Remember that? Yeah. And even that is changed. Like those were three losses right out of the bat. And there were more yet to come. Yes, more, more, more yet to come. Okay, so that's the opening. They go to this sort of a, we don't, we don't realize it immediately, but quickly we learn that it's a, a school for the deaf. But I think it was more than a school for the right. deaf. Okay. I think what the first thing that she did was she contacted, and I mean, we, we haven't seen it in like four or five days. Right. Um, so we're a little Right. Right. So I think that he, we found out that he was an addict and he started smoking and she was concerned that he was about to relapse. So she called the sponsor. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, if, if it's okay for me to like go through and just like say play by play what the movie is. That's what I usually do. Is that okay? Okay. Play I'm supposed to play. You gotta, you I, gotta like, you gotta put the audience back into the movie with you. You're like, where yeah, are we like, at? I'm celebrating this movie. I thought this movie just got right to the point was so artful. So I think it was like a rehab mm -hmm. and 
sort of a school for being deaf. Yeah. And I, th- I think that line was not entirely clear. Like there's a clear parallel between being an addict and being disabled that they make that we can get, oh, you know, yeah, that's, deep that's, one into. The, that's one of the main themes. We're going right. to flesh that out or save that or whatever you want to do. I'll save it. I'm just saying yeah. that it's not entirely clear if it's primarily a place for the deaf or primarily mm-hmm. a place for addicts or both. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I hadn't realized that. I think it's it's got to be both because when when they first do that that meeting with everybody, it feels like an NA meeting, right? Everybody's like, "Hi, I'm so and so and I'm I'm an addict." Right. Right. Guys at home can't see that, but uh, if you if you watch the movie, uh, an addict in sign language apparently is the uh, is a, a motion that looks like a fish hook is grabbed your mouth and pulled it to the side. An addict. So everybody there was deaf and an addict, and in the deaf community, they don't believe that being deaf is something to be cured of. So a major theme in the movie is after he finds out he's lost his hearing, he goes to a doctor. Oh, that's before he tells her about it. You know, he goes to a doctor, finds out that it's a there's an operation he can get that. Cost forty to eighty thousand dollars. By the way, that's a huge swing. Come on, Doc, help me out with the numbers here. Which, which is it? Um, right, based on what? How big your ears are? Yeah, or? I mean the space between your ears. Who knows? Forty to eighty thousand, not covered by insurance. Wow. Uh, right. So that 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 was his main goal, and then eventually he sells his RV and all his equipment to get there. And by the way, that's really weird. Why didn't he do that at the beginning of the movie after he went there? Why did? Why? Why did? Think about it. Like that whole time, he spent, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he had to, I mean, it could be a process like, well, the other series of losses that he had. So yeah. first it's like his, the relationship, as he you know, she flies back to wherever she came from. We don't even know where she goes. Right. She just flies. It sounds like to family. We assume he goes into this rehab to learn how to be deaf and to be watched so that he doesn't slip. And then they take away his keys to his RV and they take away his phone. Yes. He's lost literally everything. So maybe he took a little bit of a pause before pawning his RV and all of his sound equipment that are in it. You know what I mean? Maybe just like too could have been just too much loss. Yeah, I didn't understand that whole thing where he couldn't text anyone, you know, that was that didn't make any sense to me. It was um, like he was in prison, you know. I'm not f- Deeply familiar with rehab, but I did watch a lot of intervention and MTV rehab. That remember that show with Dr. Drew? Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I think that they are not allowed to have connection with people in yeah. the outside world because they need them to be in the bubble of resetting and no enabling voices, no triggers. Yeah, he, he needed him to listen to the stillness. Which uh, right. maybe that was the real sound of metal was stillness, huh? Huh? Maybe. I'm going to hold <laughs> off what I'm saying because it has to do with the ends. But yes, I think you just turned the lights on, or you turned the volume up. Huh? You turned the volume up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't take really well to the school or the rehab facility for deaf people or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't take too well. He uh, he's asked to write down his thoughts on paper, and he doesn't he doesn't do that. Instead, he goes outside and what starts uh starts fixing the guy f- fixing the guy's shed or his roof or whatever. Right. Yeah. Doesn't he started fixing the guy's roof and the guy responded? Ve- the guy who runs it, who's a vet, 
lost mm-hmm. his hearing after a lifetime of knowing what hearing is. He lost it in the war. Yeah. Something blew up next to him. He which, got really mad at him. Like a good way to lose it, you know. If you're going to lose it yeah. somewhere, have a good yeah. story. And he got really mad at him. He's like, you don't have to fix anything here. What I want you to do is get up at dawn and write. And then his last question was like, have you and keep doing that until you can sit. Until you can sit, yeah. Until you can sit. Yeah. Then he gets into the kids a little bit. You see him, like, he starts to write, and it's very aggressive, and he starts to hang out with kids. But notice that what he does with the kids, I didn't even think about this until just now. The only thing he does with the kids, he does not help them accept. He played the drums with the group in a drum circle, which is reaching for sound. Right. He had everybody, uh, he played the drums for the kid that was like listening to right on a slide. slide. There's a kid on a slide. Go and ahead. for the deaf community, uh, the drumming is mostly listening to the vibrations. So they like, like they put their hands on the thing so they can hear it. Right. Like at the school, they're all listening to the sound of the piano by putting their hands on the piano. So that way they can hear the keys, the vibrations, you know. Right. So all of this stuff is reaching for a life where you could hear as opposed to what that guy that runs the show wanted, which is to accept it as something that is not a flaw. Mm-hmm. And that's where all my questions sort of like perk up. What are they saying about their their comparison to disability and addiction? This is a serious show. <laughs> I don't know how to make jokes around um, you know, disabilities and drugs. So Sorry if your on. fans come for me. <laughs> Um, I will, uh, tell them not to. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, there was, there, there was a lot of comparison going on between the stillness and addiction and stillness and sound. I mean, that was the main contrast in between an addict and what is not an addict, you know, what is the opposite of that? He was telling him what, when he was explaining to the vet why he got, was, you know, sold all of his possessions and got a surgery and all this. His response was, you are sounding, everything about you right now reeks of addict to me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because he was in denial and he wasn't accepting mm-hmm. the things he can't change. Yes, yes, very N-A, N-A meaning, and, yeah. And the wisdom to know the different and the... Uh, I, right, I, ch- change I the things I can and live without the right. You know, we we know the rest. We got Thank it. you. All right, this yeah. is... And this is after he, for some reason, we don't know his motivations, why, what changed, as I alluded to earlier, at a certain point, he's, he's having a breakthrough for like for like 15 minutes of the film. He's like 15 or 20 minutes. He's having fun. You know, he's, he's sign, signing to everybody. They don't, we don't know how much time has passed. And not, so I don't know how much, how long it takes to learn sign language, but he really took to it. Yes. He was very attentive to sign language. So he learned all the signs. Yes. Uh, he was talking to everybody, having fun at the dinner table. They would have like, but they had a dinner table with about eight to ten other students of the school or whatever it was. Right. And then parts of kids at the, the elementary school he was helping out with. And the and the pretty black girl who we thought was going to be a love interest, but he never says goodbye to her. So I guess no. not. But she was sweet, though. So then, for some reason, he just decides internally, without revealing on screen why, he... He contacts, oh, and he keeps slipping off. We don't know why originally, but he slips off. It seems like he doesn't have access to the internet. But like when he goes into the guy's office, he gets on his computer. He sort of looks around to see if anybody's looking. 
So I guess he wasn't supposed to use the internet. Yeah, I guess he wasn't. Right, right. I was always afraid of that. I think the film did a wonderful job of keeping a sense of tension and urgency and danger in the air in such a silent space. I mean, you didn't need screaming and yelling at this for this to be a pressure cooker, you know, with all of the losses and then him sneaking around. And is he going to relapse and is she going to go back to cutting or try to kill herself like her mom did you know they it sounded like that they were together because they were healing one another i think they had a that was the okay i'm going yeah, forward his girlfriend at the beginning she had these scars on her wrist you could see that she mm-hmm. cut herself with and then there was a there was a fear that uh he was worried that if you go away are you going to hurt yourself more while i'm gone you know, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, and they had that mutual promise, like basically, if you die, I die, type yeah. of thing, and that smacks of a little bit of codependency to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought that maybe that their relationship was a stage, even in their own recovery. You know, the him losing his hearing was just the catalyst to actually graduating to potentially a deeper stage of recovery because when he goes back when he goes to Paris and he finds her and surprises her she's doing great yes. she has no scratches she looks less i guess demon medley even though i thought that she looked stunning with the blonde eyebrows you two are one of the rare breeds of people <laughs> <laughs> Blessed with the the ever so rare blonde eyebrows. I thought she looked awesome, but basically she looked a lot more regular and grounded yeah. and in focus in Paris after he left. Yeah, and we get to meet her dad and where she comes from a little bit. And he's weird because he's like this real reserved, like um, Parisian guy, right? He's like, and then uh, he admitted that uh, after he gets his operation. And then, he, oh, after he gets his operation, then he leaves the whole school, doesn't say goodbye to anybody. And, oh, also, Riz Ahmed, the character, he has this thing where he just does these things, uh, and he doesn't tell anybody he's going to do them, like these major life-changing things. Like, he didn't tell his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie uh, that he lost his hearing, he was going to see a doctor, didn't tell her. He didn't tell her he was coming back. He didn't tell the guy at the school that he was getting an operation. He didn't tell anybody at the elementary school he was helping out with that he was getting an operation. He didn't tell anybody who's leaving. Uh, this wow. guy is someone that keeps a lot of things inside, keeps everything wow. internal. You know? Wow, that is really deep. I'm actually looking now as possibly his reactions, and I think this is what the movie may be trying to do. His reactions to going deaf are parallel to his reactions to sobriety. You know, there's there's clearly there was the denial he did some blame shifting there was a codependent promise there was a um a fit but can't blame a guy okay (laughs) i would have set the rv on fire personally if that happened to me i probably i don't know that was just so intense the secrets this keeping a secret so i guess it's sort of like a lie by omission I don't know. I'm reading into it right now, but I'm because I'm looking for the parallels between an addict, addictive behavior and his response to, yeah, yeah. Well, and he believed that being deaf was something that needed to be fixed. Hey, also, in a lie by omission, uh, the doctor he met with at the beginning didn't tell him that this operation wasn't going to give him perfect hearing back. He was under this impression the whole time he would get all his hearing back. And then you hear, oh, that's another thing. This movie has amazing soundscapes. We find this at the end of the movie 
like when when you get the operation everything is like distorted like it's coming through like a synthesizer almost it's like hello 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 yes you hear me it's very metallic and and just like the the sound uh, the sound styling of us of the audience us hearing what everyone else hears versus what he hears is jarring and it goes back and forth so you really get to to feel what it's like being in his world having sold his RV and all his equipment and his girlfriend's musical equipment to get this operation where his hearing is pretty good on a one-on-one basis with his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I hear you. Everything loud and clear. But then when they're together and she, she wants him to meet her friends at a party, everything's jarring and loud. Right. And she has to leave. And she's like, what's wrong? What did I do? Right. And, and, and he, he still doesn't tell her. That's because, uh, uh, he's still still getting used to this thing. And the the end of the movie is just him walking off by himself, still not explaining to his girlfriend and his girlfriend's dad what he'd done. He never told them while while we're watching the movie that he sold all this equipment to get get this operation. And also before he left uh, the school, he was trying to borrow money to buy the RV back because he sold wow. the RV to. He made him not. He made him a deal. Hey, in in like a certain amount of time. I can buy the the RV back from you for 10% more. Yeah. And, you know, going right. back to the RV for a minute, yeah. when he was getting all of this equipment and selling it, I did think of what I've known people who are addicted to particularly heroin like this character sell everything for that drug. Yes. Oh, nice. And, very, very true. And um, while I was watching it, I thought about that and I didn't make the connection until, you know, just talking it out with you now. But yeah, I think that his behavior and his responses to his hearing is an absolute parallel and comment and a reflection of addiction. It's, It's just kind of controversial to me to look at something like losing your hearing as, as that it isn't a flaw. Right. So that, I, that confronted something in myself where it's like, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I was confronted by that. And I'd be curious to hear from other deaf people, you know, what they, you know, what they, what they think. Yeah. Didn't you, well, didn't I, you hear I, something? Yeah. I was reading a deaf review and they loved the movie overall, except they didn't like how the head of the school kicked him out because, they said their schools wouldn't have kicked this guy out for having an operation, but he, this man was looking at it, it as like he had committed like a cardinal sin, and so he had to be excommunicated. And then they had that weird five minute period where he was living in a hotel because, like, he had he had to wait a month till his, till his activation of the operation part. But the man wouldn't let him stay at the school anymore, so he somehow managed to bum his way into staying in a hotel for a month and just smoking cigarettes, which is a weird five minute sequence. But mm. yeah. That is aware. That was a confusing five minute sequence for me. I didn't understand. But how how amazing was that Paris party? Eh, like oh my gosh! I wanted to go there. I wanted wanted to to live there. I was like, oh my gosh! I think this is the most beautiful. Oh, and when her dad was playing the piano and she was singing along with him, right? Like she progressed a lot. She moved on with her life, right? Yes. She started taking lessons. She started taking lessons. Yeah, like uh, learning the language again. Like the, oh, the French right. language? Yes, right. Right. I think she started to accept herself. Yes. She started to accept herself. And and they do it in a split second. That's what I love about this movie. Like, they really don't say much, but you get it if you're, yeah. if you're listening, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Right. She, okay, I've completely forgot my 
point, though, saying that. How that is going to come back? It's got to come back. She found a real self. She, she found a real self. She was Thank you. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay. So right, when right. we open up into the film, she has these cuts on her. Then we find out later on when we're in Paris with them that her mother committed suicide. So there's a connection to her with the self-harm and being on the road, living in an RV, perhaps she was running from herself. She had, yeah. you know, her music was incredibly distorted. Her look was very incredibly distorted, as cool as it is, you know. And then uh, we see her in Paris and she has a natural hair color. She's singing normally with her beautiful natural voice right and, and rich parents uh early on uh whatever the guy's character's name is he says to the head of the school oh my girlfriend's dad has a lot of money he's like he's rich man i can get i can i can borrow the money and i can pay you right back that's what he told him so you're right she was she was running from herself from her true identity you know totally. like she acted like a tortured soul when you know maybe she was just a spoiled rich kid who just you didn't like her right. dad you know and she yeah. hated her father, ran away from her father. Now she's like living with her dad and they're like all good, right? And even yeah. the father has that conversation with Riz Ahmed and says, I have to admit, I've, I haven't always been a fan of yours because I felt like you took something from me. But I understand now. And basically he accepts and he forgives him. So everybody in this movie is touched with an acceptance of, of self and loss of, of self, I guess, and uh, steps into a new chapter of their lives. So that's why that last scene, when he takes off the attachments mm -hmm. and goes back to listening to silence, yeah, he sits, he sits with it. So I'm choosing to believe that that means that this is a happy ending. And that mm -hmm. is actually the first true day of uh, his, possibly of his recovery. He hadn't used in four years, but all of that addict behavior was still within him. I don't know. Some people say it never goes away. Who knows? And that may be the real sound of metal. No, I liked the one that you had before. That oh. was a better one. <laughs> that was a good one. Don't don't change a good thing. No, it's um all right. Okay, well, um well, Phoebe, do we uh do we have any final thoughts on this movie? I think we talked about everything. Do you have anything else to say? Final thoughts on the sound of metal? Is Just, it the greatest film? The greatest greatest film you've ever seen? I mean, I thought it was really, really impressively written how they said so much with so little. Yes. Extremely, I, emo extremely emotionally raw. Like, I. Oh, uh, so hard. I mean, just when he's just like destroying the van. I mean, that's, you know, I've lived at home for six years. Like, I've, you know, would have wanted to do something like that, although never would because it doesn't do anything. But, you know, it's still. True. I mean, like, I, I can relate to that feeling of frustration and just like feeling like just. Yeah, like an avalanche is happening and you can't escape from it. So that was his reaction. Uh, dude's holding on to a lot of anger. And yeah, I think he released some of it towards the end, you know? All right. Okay. Well, that's, um, are we going to keep this cutesy rating system we had before? Do you like, Please. did you like the rating system? I did. Okay, great. What do, what do you give the film? What, what rating do you give the film? I give it 10 out of 10 uh, drumsticks. Mm-hmm. 
man, I'm going to give this film nine out of five sounds of metal. Only for that one weird interlude where he was at the hotel. Other than that, a perfect film. <laughs> and some of the things that didn't quite make sense. Uh, I have to nine, dig out out of ten? nine out of five is confusing me. Nine, nine and a half. Nine out of ten, nine and a half. Oh, okay. Nine and a half sounds of metal, or just nine. Nine okay. out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. See you next week. And we're out. I told you they'd yell about directors, yell about the plot. They yelled about the act and hope they let the guests talk, but mostly Josh and Phoebe. Yeah.